What's up, No Ride Around? I am going to attempt to start this episode in a way that makes Harley want to delete and start over. Um, I say that because I remember calling my buddy Chris. I called him immediately. Uh, and, I, and I asked him, I was like, man, why did you not tell me how awesome this was uh, so, much lo- so much sooner? And what I'm referring to was when I lost my virginity. <laughs> I called him like right shortly after she left. Come, it was like, dude, why didn't you tell me how awesome this was? How come nobody told yeah, me? And I feel like you're going to feel the same way because you have crossed in to the weirdo land, my friend. You have got the single speed tag. Right. So we... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, shit. It was a long time ago that I first mentioned that I even was ordering that bike. Right. Well, you know, bike industry. So I got it my single speed. I built it, um, and uh, and then I rode it, <laughs> and it's it's kind of the same. Like it's it for somebody who's been riding bikes for as long as I've been riding bikes, it's difficult to find new experiences. Yeah, I can imagine. Right, like doing a different. Like, let's doing, be real, like a half degree angle difference on a on how slight. Come on, electronic shifting versus cable, uh, or even experiences. Like even looking at it from an experience perspective. Uh, you know, last episode we talked about the first time I rode a little bit about the first time I rode in Crested Butte. Like at the end of the day, as amazing as it was, it was still mountain right, biking. Right, yeah, exactly. With big tires and gears, and so chasing a new experience, like a a really genuinely vastly fucking different uh experience on a bike is is it's not an easy task there there's not a lot of them to be had um but taking all the gears off the bike is one of them (laughs) (laughs) so um you know each each time there's a reason i don't ever demo bikes from you first off you can't demo right now because (laughs) just one there are none like anytime somebody goes hey you should go ride this really quick. Unless you're in a position to buy it, don't ride it. That's my fault. Like I won't. Like I'm not going to go ride your optic. I don't. I don't have an optic, uh, but I don't want to want an optic. There, there aren't so, any to buy. Right. Because every time I ride a new bike, I always feel like it's the best bike. Right. Because sure. First off, it makes no noise. Brand it, new. Everything's brand, nice everything, and tight. Yeah. Everything is just. There's there's no issues with it. So your first ride on the single speed, arguably. You could have had some of that like romance, but you've ridden it now. More it's a couple than, times, yeah. yeah. And so let's talk more about that like second time because now you're a single speeder, right? And so, so I have to say, um, the first time I rode it, I was nervous. I mean, I really was. Like, I, I feel like I'm an in shape mountain biker, um, and you know, I have good overall fitness for a bike, but. There was just a high intimidation factor for pedaling a bike with one gear. Yeah. Um, and so the first ride, I went with Colin, who is he's been riding single speeds off and on for probably twenty years. Uh, in fact, I think his very very first mountain bike race he ever did was called Skyway Epic back in Alabama, and he did it on a single speed. Real quick, super fast anecdote about that: he came in second to last at that race because. He worked a bar job at the time and like finished his bar shift and basically went and did the race. 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, that's common. It seems like uh, so he came in, can do it. Came in second to last, and he, I think he made a point to beat the guy that came in last, but whoever got last place, he didn't know this, but the last place rider got like a super dope prize, and <laughs> he's like, damn it. Uh, so it went first single speed ride, uh, definitely a little bit selective. We didn't go do... Falcon or Apex. Right. Or, yeah, right. So we went to Green Mountain. Uh, Green Mountain is a great trail, I think. Highly underrated here in uh, the Front Range. But it's not... The longest climb is a mile. Yeah. I mean, maybe a mile and a half. I'll tell it's, you. You think of it like XC Racing yeah. is 100, 100 feet of elevation per mile. Right. Green Mountain is like the perfect XC yeah. racing experience. Yep. And yep. that's really where single speed thrives, yep. right? Yep. Um. So we went and I got through it. Like, um, I, I had a great ride and I, again, in that chase for new experiences, um, or yeah, just on a bike, um, I learned some really cool things right off the bat, um, riding single speed because you don't gears cover up a lot of mistakes, I guess was my big takeaway from my first single speed ride. Um, you got to carry momentum. You really got to look up the trail. You got to make sure that you're on, on flat, flat sections, downhill sections or anything going into a corner with a quick punch up the hill. Like you really got to, to be efficient on a single speed. You got to really pay attention to that. Yeah, shit. And you got to carry speed. Yep. You got to be comfortable carrying speed. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you're right. I think you're right. It, it is, is definitely, it, it makes you a cleaner rider. Yep. Yep. Smarter rider. Um, so it went with Colin, who, you know, he's been crushing the single speed this year. Yeah, he's been so excited that he has one. Back well, and the, just riding. Like, he's he's a totally different athlete anyway. So big kudos to him. But, um, you know, right now, I couldn't imagine riding a single speed at Firecracker 50. And he put in a pretty fast lap on yeah. a single speed at that race. Um, and so, you know, he kind of did like the baby bird under the wing thing and took me. Um, so we went and it was as, as hard as I thought it was going to be, you know, I mean, like standing up and doing 30 RPM is hard. It's hard. <laughs> I guess. Um, and also, you know, again, it's just, it's, it's, it's also just where you, how you usually I stand up on my geared bike to, stretch my lower back or just how you stand up and pedal a geared bike and as a mode of recovery or rest or whatever, that's not what you do it on a single speed for. And so the body position is totally different. The pedaling technique is totally different. Like it is, it was like learning how to mountain bike (laughs) all over again. Um, When you got done with that first ride, was it a, you know, maybe this isn't the most fun no, way to absolutely fucking not. I so we were descending Boxer Rocks, <clears throat> which is the direction you're supposed to go. Um, oh my god! Like, why do we need to have one of the, every? How episode. much money do we need to raise through this podcast <laughs> to get one of those planes that trails like the banner? Yeah. You know, like the advertising yeah. banner. Yeah. Downhill only here. Yeah. Um, but uh, so within a hundred yards of the first climb there was some mountain bikers coming down like that green mountain tempo section, like the kind of rolly fast section. 
and they got out of the way for me and Colin and like we passed them on our single speeds and like instantly I just felt like a badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, totally. And they were like way older than us and you know like it, it wasn't a real victory. I was just like I just did that on single speed and you had to stop on a climb blah blah. Right. Like uh no, I I from the first climb and the first group of riders that we passed to coming across another single speeder coming uphill that somebody I don't even know. I was just like, I'm in the club now. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really cool. Um, I, so first ride I was all in, um, like I said, within half a mile of, of starting, I was like, dude, this is dope. Uh, a lot of lessons to be learned about technique, how to climb, how to get started. Uh, I didn't walk any section but it took some breaks. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Uh, I uh, I remember the first time I was able to do the Green Mountain Fire Road completely bottom to top. Right. Uh, without getting off the bike. Yeah. It was a huge victory. Sure. Like, there's a lot of those little little spots with single speed now where you go, man, when I can, like, when I can get through here, that'll be a huge victory. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, it makes Green Mountain a whole new challenge. Well, that's just it. Is I'm going to give myself one more... And I might do it tonight. One more lap at Green Mountain before I force myself to go to Three Sisters or, or something with like more sustained climbing mm-hmm. for longer. Yeah. Um, You're going to find that it's actually not, I'm not going to say easier, but the word with single speed is simpler. Right. So even though those long climbs, you're like, all right, well, it gives me extra time to iron out where my hips need to be, extra time to iron out my row and anti row. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm pretty comfortable. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, ride one to ride two. So ride two was last night, and um, even from that first ride to the second ride, um, as I texted you from the parking lot, I went six minutes faster on the same climb. But that's six or five minutes. minutes or was whatever. that five minutes faster from the first time on the single speed or your overall? Overall, like the fastest you've ever done it. Yeah. On a geared bike? Yeah, on, on any bike. You were six <laughs> minutes, five minutes faster. Yeah, it was five minutes. It was a 26-minute climb, I believe. It was, it was 25 and a half, and I did it in 2101. <laughs> it's like, also, yeah. that, that was the other lesson, is like, when you don't have a choice, you just go faster. You are just stronger. I'll tell you, you know, my disappointment with my Leadville this year was not because my time was terrible. I went sub eight. It was that was a great time. Fast as shit. Yeah. Um, but it's because... I bitched up a ton of times yeah. because of gears. Yep. Gears are the devil. Well, and that was an, another big thing I, on that very first ride that I noticed almost immediately was there's a lot of times we shift into easier gears on our multi-speed bikes that there's really no fucking reason to. If you're riding your bike right yeah. and it becomes more important to ride your bike correctly when you have one gear than when you have multiple gears. So all these little downhill switch back to a quick... 50 yard climb you, you hear riders myself included <laughs> grabbing gears yeah. to go pedal up this thing and in two rides i've realized that that's stupid and that even if you kind of screw up the momentum aspect of it you don't need to grab all those gears dude it's awesome that you said it just like that because saturday i rode behind one of our riders ben ellison just got a new bike, got a new the new Yeti 115. Yep. And I uh 
we, we did it. a group of us went riding. I intentionally rode behind him on Kitty and uh, riding behind somebody on your single speed when they're on their geared bike and you have to like do their pace. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Another cool like skill development, right? But I'm riding behind him and more often than not, I'm saying like, don't, why'd you shift? Why'd you make it? Why'd you shift? Why'd yeah. you shift? Like you yeah. didn't even try it yet. You didn't even test it. And yeah. single speed makes you realize like, I can, I can eat a lot more than I thought. Yep. So I got me to like 10 to 15 pedal strokes on a geared bike. If it's only 10 to 15 pedal strokes to the top of the thing, there's no need to shift then. Just make it 10 or 15 hard pedal strokes. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I think I geared my bike exactly where it should be right now. Um, for the early days of this, yeah. uh, I'm running a 3022. And the reason I say that I think I geared it exactly correctly for, for me at this time is, um, that middle climb or yeah. So like there's Rooney, there's kind of the main climb and then there's that middle climb. And yeah. I never know what the name of that one is. So that's the climb I did yesterday. I think that's Hayden. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, there's two really steep spots. Yep. Those I had to be out of. So the very beginning, there's a steep to the switchback and it mellows out. There's another switchback and then it gets real steep. Um, I had to get out of the saddle for those. The whole rest of the climb, I was able to do seated at pretty low RPM and get recovery. That's good because that took me uh, two years to learn that I need to be seated more. <laughs> um, and I just did the other way. I just forced myself to get a lot stronger. Right. But the more you can sit down and pedal on your single speed, the better you're going to be, not just with like recovery for the body, but actual actual power output. Mm-hmm. Like if you're seated and climbing up a hill, you're going faster than if you were standing up. There just yeah. becomes a tipping point where you have to stand up. Right. Yeah, and and I, I really did try to reserve it for like I've done that climb enough times to know like, hey, there's these two really steep spots that are hard when you're geared. So like knuckle down for those. Um I I was expecting to see my heart rate heart rate data have some red in it and it didn't which I was super stoked about because there was a couple of times I felt like I was dying, <laughs> but I wasn't. Um, and then I think just, you know, we're kind of doing a, a quickie episode today. Um, I think my other major takeaway from my first two rides is core work is way more important single speeding than on a geared bike. Like way, 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 way. Like do your core every day. Yeah. Important. Because that back can scream. Real quick. Two reasons. When you're standing up, you're not firing glutes unless you're smart in firing glutes. Right. But until you start single speeding, you just, when I stand up, I just stand up and I'm mashing, you know, you're mashing right. pedals, right? Yep. But when you do that, you're not engaging the backside. So you're all like quads it's and all calves. Quads. Yeah, yeah. So if you are standing on a single speed and you hinge like a deadlift, then you'll get your glutes. And so when I get tired and I'm single speeding, I'm tired and stand up lazy, my back is cr- hurts. But if I engage, which requires core activation and just the presence of mind to do it, yep. you don't get that back pain. So yeah, you learn that. But yeah, no, core, every day. Yeah, every day, every day. I also don't have a power meter. I, I like it's the most analog bike I have. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I skipped the power meter. Although then I, I'm such an asshole. 
I don't really analyze my power data. I use it for training when I'm doing s- structured workouts. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I don't like pull, like I didn't sit there, you and I didn't sit there and pour over my numbers from Leadville right. and like look at like identify key places where I could, like we're not doing that. Right. Um, yeah, I love that when people like, I got one guy I raced with and he's like, well, I'm going to do this climb at 220 watts and that climb, I'm like, just fucking do it as hard as you can as a bike race. Yeah. Um, <laughs> totally. But then after sitting there, like now I can, now I'm curious. You're just more curious to see like how hard can I flex? Well, but like just within my own self, like yeah, right. if I, if I was sitting there grinding that, that climb out at 40 RPM, like, well, what was that power? Right. But I think I'm just going to have like the world will never know mindset when it comes to that bike. Um, I always, cause I, I don't, have- I don't want, so I do know that the only other thing that was hilarious to me is I rode the bike one time and I told you this in one of our, you know, five second, Hey, how you doing moments? I was like, well, I know I got to race it now. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I don't know what race that would be. Um, but I mean, I kind of have to, you have to, I don't really have a choice. No, you have a super dope ass. It is really cool. And it came out super light. That bike's 22 pounds. Dude. For a metal bike. Good on you. I don't know how the fuck that happened. Well, you put a bunch of weight weaning shit. (laughs) I didn't really, though. I've got 120 mm. It's a SID, but it's a 120 millimeter fork. Um, I've got my Crank Brothers Synthesis wheels, which aren't weight weenie cross country wheels. Like they're pretty robust and in the realm of an XC wheel. Um, I have a 160 millimeter dropper seat post. Um, I'm running my normal tire setup. The most weight weenie thing you could argue is, um, I have the, it's called an extra light stem, um, which was some weight weenie pick that the product manager at Ibis picked when they were configuring the XE. Um, I mean, I I don't know how, and and I do have those Expedo tie puddles on it ah the pedals <laughs> which the, i need is a linchpin <laughs> i need those i need those now actually but yeah i mean I like nothing else is like over the top 180 rotor in the front uh two piston xc brakes just came out super light, just came out light. like awesome. it came out 22 i think it was 22.5 with pedals no cage so um awesome. it's gorgeous it, it does look really nice maybe i'll have to i haven't done i've been very remiss in the social media land um uh, shit, I had one other thing. There was like a, oh, I can't remember it right now. Um, but yeah, so I'm just excited to, to be, to, to be playing in that world. And it's so funny because it did create just this whole new bike experience sitting 15 feet behind you is my new Wahoo fitness indoor bike. And now I'm thinking like, well, I want to like, I could probably get pretty fucking fast if I just ride my single speed all winter. And then I'm like, well, maybe I can like build some single speed workouts that I can just like, <laughs> you know, like it's just like the, the rabbit hole is oh, yeah. seemingly endless because it's that new of an experience, Yeah, you know, like not to take anything away. Like I rode my XE the night before, um, and this is going to tie in nicely to the second topic we want to talk about. Um, but I have been struggling, uh, on descents cause I have had a absolutely just crash filled year. Um, and so I'm not taking anything away from riding my geared bike. I had an amazing ride Saturday night up at, uh, three sisters and 
I PR'd a descent I've done so many times in the rain on a little bike with 2.2 tires front and rear. So like, I'm not taking anything away from riding my geared bike. And I, I, I'm excited to ride that bike later this week, but it's a new enough experience that everything else seems new. That's cool. Well, I'm excited to see where what you know where it goes from here. And actually, I'm excited to get on and ride it with you. Yeah, so be, we haven't done that yet. So. Yeah, no, we haven't. Oh, with the exception of racing, we haven't really ridden together. You know, actually, year. the whole season. Uh, I mean, we were talking about this on Saturday. Saturday is my first like bro ride. Yeah. In the summer. Yeah. And um, felt really fun to do it. Yeah. You know, and I was like, man, over the last two years of this no rider on idea, we've we've had the like cool like get together community mm-hmm. hang out and you know we're kind of racy you know it is what it is like we're just kind of events based and well so be it i mean it is what it is so coming into the fall we'll have more of the opportunity i think to build some of the community side of things sure. well we're gonna have a monthly group ride thing going on up yep. in boulder that we'll, we'll announce more details about later when we when we have them right um so that'll be in fall riding's about you know, even though I'm still racing, yeah, most most of it, it's it's about going out and just enjoying. And plus, like, if you're still training in the fall for races you have in the fall, you're probably wasting time. Like, <laughs> right, you're just you're like, as ready as you're going to be. Yeah, like it's whatever's going to happen. Like, I could not ride a bike for the next four days and then race this weekend and probably do just fine. Just fine. Yeah. Like, um. So. So yeah, no, I'm excited to get out. But you um, talked about crashing, and we were going to talk about that in the second part of this episode because the thing like first off you haven't crashed your single speed yet have you no i did the first fucking ride dude (laughs) you've been balling it up dude i have been in a bad way and it all started for me back in when 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 was that floyd hill session series that was in like may yeah 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 somewhere in there i had a big get off in in may um limping around i was yeah you were nothing sm- was broken you were smashed but i i had probably had a severe like deep tissue hematoma situation um the leg has kind of continued i've kind of had like that like sausage leg like muffin top over the sock kind of situation to varying degrees of severity throughout the whole year um on my right leg so that kicked this whole thing off um and then we've covered the kind of back to back to back crashes around firecracker. And then literally the first day that I didn't luckily didn't have a crash at Leadville. Um, and then the very first day that I was riding my single speed, I crashed 30 seconds from the end of the ride. <laughs> it is the, the, the end of box of rocks, the roller section, and then you do the left and then the right through the little rock garden. Then you have your a line and B line and then you're done. And we had parked at Rooney road. So it was like the end of the trail yeah. was right there. Like, Literally 30 seconds before that, I clipped my handlebar, smashed my knuckles, and uh, just body slammed to the ground. Um, so I have been just struggling with uh, Coach Andy, who's been on the podcast before, calls it the crash hangover. Right. And basically his breakdown of the crash hangover is if you have a crash that's bad enough or enough minor ones in a row your the lizard brain the the survival the fight or flight brain goes shit man the last time we did this it hurt 
even though you're consciously going, I'm going to send it. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hit all my lines. You're the, the, the part of your brain that overrides everything else is going, nah, dude, last time this happened, uh, we got fucked up. So we're going to, we're going to hold it back. We're going to reel it in a little bit. Um, and it takes a long time to talk your, for your lizard brain. It takes a lot of successes in a row yeah. for your lizard to brain back, yeah, to, to get back go, to equal. Right. To like, okay, like the last 10 times we did this, it was okay. So we opened it up another 5%, another 5%, and, and until finally the crash hangover is gone. Um, you know, it's funny is that you said, um, fortunately, you didn't have a crash at Leadville. But when you're racing, you can't think about that. Yeah. And that's where almost all of my crashes that have had that effect have happened to me in just either training or fun rides. Mm -hmm. And I've had gnarly crashes in a race, and I don't ever think about it again. Like you just pop right back up on the ride, on the bike and go, or yeah. um, like you even forget you cra Oh, I forgot I even crashed in that race because it's just such a non-focus. Right. But yeah, in like training or in just fun rides, it becomes the defining characteristic. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, I still know that spot on Green Mountain. <laughs> the one spot. The one spot. Yep. I crashed. It was in 2009. Right. And I still know exactly where it's at. And I still break check that corner. Yeah. It's Green Mountain. Yeah. I couldn't crash there on a unicycle blindfolded. But yep. that corner, yeah. I break check. It's just in your head. Um, so we bring this up, not because of my tale of woe, but... I've been talking to it and I think it's been a theme for a lot of people this year. Um, if you listen to a lot of other popular cycling podcasts, um, they talk about how many crashes there have been at, um, crits and mountain bike races, just people. And it, it actually speaks to a more interesting topic that we'll, maybe we'll cover another time, but because training has become with indoor bikes and indoor trainers and, you know, more structured training, people are developing less handling skills, riding in a group. Um, and they're less used to riding their bike. Um, so whatever the cause is, there's just been a lot of crashes this year, like sport wide. You know, if you look at the grand tours, you look at mountain bikes, like everybody's been crashing. Um, and so how do you like get past it? Well, I think, you know, one of the things I do, I, I rode, like I said, this group ride Saturday. There's a guy on, he's on our team, Josh. It's freaking awesome. Dude. He actually coaches through the Ninja Mountain Bike coaching mm -hmm. program. Yep. Right? We were up uh, doing a little Scraggy, and there's a bunch of different optional lines on Scraggy. You can go through the rock or not through the rock, and black lines and blue lines, and there's a bunch of options up there. And I went and took, you know, I was on the, I was on the Alchemy, the Titanium Hardtail, single speed, and I took a black line that's super chunk, steep, and they're like, oh, of course Justin's going to do it. I'm like, well, yeah, of course I am. Especially <laughs> now that you said that, of course I am. And then uh, Josh went and did it, and then he he unclipped and kind of like pedal walked the bike down through one section. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? And he goes, well, if I, if I, was, on, if I was on my my big bike, and yeah. I'm like, that I'm bike has, a, first off, 100 millimeters of travel is way more travel than anyone had in the first 10 years of mountain biking. Right. Right? So like, yeah. maybe not travel-wise, but the technology that you, like, that XC bike can do that line. Yeah, you can close your eyes and get down Stop it. thinking that the XC bike can't do the line. And he went back and he did it, you know, and he's like, hell yeah. And I'm like, you just, you don't need to treat. So one of the things, I don't treat any of my bikes differently. 
Right. Now, yes, I have to pick a cleaner... Like, I have more margin of error the more travel I have, mm-hmm. right? So, Norco single speed, not a lot of margin of error. It's like carbon 100 millimeter, right? The Alchemy, a little bit more, 120 in metal. The Norco full suspension, 120, 120. Yeah. That feels really nice. Yeah. And then the Rayon, you literally can close your eyes and ride the bike because at 160 front and rear, you make it through anything. So, the only thing that changes is the margin of error. Right. But the way I ride doesn't change. And I think that a lot of us look at our bikes differently and then we automatically put limiters into like what this bike can or can't do. Sure. And so if you find yourself in a precarious position in a bike that you don't think can do what it can do, calamity is probably going to happen. That's one thing I think at play. Yeah. I just ride all my bikes with complete abandon for self-care. Yeah. <laughs> but Love when you do that, you ride free, yeah. you ride loose and you tend to not crash. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of not crashing and especially getting past a couple of crashes or something that shook your confidence is thinking less. I really do. Yeah. Um, and so what I found myself doing is, you know, I've, I've taken, um, the dirt smart coaching class, uh, a couple of times now, and there's some kind of like cornerstone technique things that, you should be doing to descend correctly, you know, getting low, dropping your heels, you know, all these little, little check-ins, all these little system checks. And so when I'm kind of trying to clear the cobwebs from, from my crash hangovers and, and, and the rate at which it happens is, has been, um, you know, off and on as far as like how quickly I, I move through it. But I just, I'll pick two things that I need to focus on for a descent. Because if I just focus on those things, I don't think about other shit that clutters my brain and makes me overthink stuff. So if, uh, for a descent, if I'm just like, drop your heels, look ahead. And if that's just my mantra for the whole descent, then I'm not thinking about other stuff. You know, the other stuff that your body knows to do is probably just kind of falls in. Yeah. Like I, if I drop my heels, well, if by sheer virtue of the fact that my, my weight is in my feet, well, I'm going to get low. So now I'm in my attack position. And then the last piece of the puzzle is I just need to look where I want to go, which look down the trail. Don't worry about the rock directly in front of me. And it starts clearing. You know, one of the things that I, I actually feel a bit insecure about this when it comes up in a conversation, but with our local rides here, you know, each of our local trails, whether it be the descent of Longhorn or Deer Creek Canyon or Apex Enchanted, like all of them have a pretty like that's the spot or that's the feature. Like a or, crux move yeah, kind like, of thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they, they kind of all have, maybe they have a couple or so, but anytime it comes to a conversation when people talk about the line that they take, I never know. <laughs> like what line, I mean, I ride yeah. all these trails and I yeah. ride them pr- pretty damn fast. I don't know. I ride the fast um, line. I don't know. I just, so I don't, I don't have a lot of mental processing that's happening yeah. when I'm riding well. Yeah. Um, and I think that the people that tend to, have, have talked to me about like, what's your line here? How do you get through that? They're the ones that are struggling the most with that thing. And I mm-hmm. go, man, just like less thinking, just the, the trail is kind of built in an intuitive way mm-hmm. and the bike can do it. If you're having a problem here repeatedly, it's probably less to do with the trail or your line or the bike and more to do with just like, maybe you're overworking it. Sure. I don't know my route down like the wall. I don't know my route over the shark fins on the gut. Like, right. I don't know. I just go the way the bike goes. And like you said, I do the right stuff with my body position and yeah. everything kind of works out. Right. You know, I don't know, but I do, I feel bad. Like people bring it up and like, 
I don't know. Does that mean I'm stupid? We've had no. We've had people even in our the team Slack channel like take a picture and be like, "What's everybody's line over this?" And there was fifteen different fucking answers yeah. for this one section at Falcon. Um, the other thing that I I I kind of accidentally did, but I think the next time I am having a crash hangover because uh, I've had them before, I definitely will have them again. Um, I don't even know if I'm all the way through this one, uh, <laughs> but kind of happy accident was on that trip to CB, you know, everything's pretty challenging there. Right. Um, And one thing that I don't enjoy is exposure. Um, And we did one ride where it was off camber bench cut uh, with massive exposure. And uh, I, I just, you know, deep breaths and like I, I worked through it. Like I right. really had to like very, very consciously work through it. But I was like, look, you're not going so fast on, cause it was a climb, you know, like you're not going fast enough on this shit that if you do drop your front wheel, that it's just over. Um, because that's always my big fear on exposures, like dropping the front wheel off and just tumbling right. down the hill. Being done. Being done. <laughs> um, you know, and so my, my gut instinct was to hop off and like walk it, even though that was definitely way more dangerous because there was barely enough room on that trail for a mountain bike. Never mind a mountain bike next to somebody walking. Right. Um, but just like in reverse high heels. Yeah, exactly. Um, but all of that is to say, I think if you're going out or if you're dealing with confidence, counterintuitive as it may feel, go ride something really, 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 really fucking hard. That's outside of your comfort zone. Conservatively. Don't go push it. Don't go try to make it a challenge. It's already a challenge. Um, but go ride something that's really hard. And then no, you know, again, nothing immediately in this area, like 30 minutes from Denver is as hard as anything in Crested Butte. Right? No. Yeah. I think that's great advice because then you just change Right, you change your definition of what's scary yeah. or what's hard or what's yeah. challenging. Yeah. That um, before back when I skied more, that was when I said about heli skiing. Mm-hmm. I go heli skiing once a season, and then you come back to regular skiing. <laughs> and I go like, regular. Right, this is fine. Like, I don't even need to turn. Yeah, but that was really steep last week. Yeah, yeah but it ain't shit it's now because right I just now. jumped out of a fucking helicopter. Uh, but the important part of that is to ride it conserve, ride it well inside your margin for error of yeah. of what your skill set is. So like. Dakota Ridge is a pretty high level trail here in, in, in the front range. And so if I hadn't taken that trip to CB, it probably would have been very therapeutic for me to go ride Dakota Ridge. Right. Um, nice and easy, maybe on your own. So that way yeah. you could ride at your pace and yep. not feel compelled to go this or that. Yep. Or and oftentimes what happens when you ride really challenging terrain in a group, if you're shook uh-huh. is that you then just automatically walk a lot of stuff that, you mm-hmm. know, is like really hard. Mm-hmm. And that just, that just kind of like cements the insecurity a little bit or like you're shaking confidence, right? Yeah. You're seeing other people riding and it, you're walking. And you're like, like, just, what, yeah. Why can't I get uh, it's just even yeah. further in the hole? Like just go alone and just go. I don't think people session stuff enough. No. And we don't even like Colin and I've talked about this extensively because we've all gotten so like, I want trophies and medals and you know, fucking Strava effect. Yeah. The Strava effect. Like, you know, there's, there's a couple of hiccups for me on three sisters, which is a trail that I ride frequently. Um, and there's a couple of spots that like, if I just sat there and did it, I would get it. But I always am chasing, you know, 
going faster, you know, doing better than I did the last time I wrote, you know, so anyway. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think part of my, my new post shook confidence protocol is to go ride something hard. Um, but ride it within my limits so that when I go back to the stuff, like again, Dakota using Dakota Ridge is kind of the benchmark uh, of the hardest trail in the immediate area. You go do that and you survive it. You're going to go do green mountain layer, the bear, just about anything else. And you're going to be like, this is super easy. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it had a very accidental effect. That's awesome. I think that's a, as a matter of fact, anybody listening to this, if you're shook, that's what you got to go do. You got to go ride. And maybe it's not Dakota Ridge for you. Maybe it's just apex. Maybe just yeah, go. Well, it all, it's all go, relative yeah, to skill go, level. Go right? ride something that's chunky and scary. There's plenty of it around and do it on your own. Do it chill and then go back to riding. And you know what you'll find? A lot more cups and a lot more trophies in your straw. Oh, for sure. Uh, that's for sure. So, so well, well, my single speeding friend who <laughs> is getting is who, who's passed through the crash hangover. Yep. All yep. I needed to do is get you a pair of jorts, a kombucha, and uh, I don't know some old '90s band tee, <laughs> and we got the picture complete. There we go. Um, right on, guys. Well, I think that's all we got for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. See you. Oh, you're done! So get the fuck out! You're weak! You're done! So get the fuck out!